0: 47, I believe, we are here in a birthing suite, uh, surrounded by friends, family, and for some reason, Elon Musk and his um, child pride grimes. All of the equipment, for some reason, Elon Musk has insisted on replacing it himself with stuff that works better. Parts are starting to fall off. Two nurses have been electrocuted. Uh, and he responded by calling one of them a pedophile. <laughs> Very concerning behavior from the man of the hour. Uh, that's right, everybody. Elon Musk and Grimes have finally popped out their their thing. Congratulations. Uh, they're holding it up and saying, here, I made a thing. <laughs> oh. uh, looking, looking at the baby from a distance, her nose kind of wrinkled up. She's pretty grossed out by it. It's Lucy. Hey, Lucy.
1: Hi. Oh, well, it's a baby, and they are disgusting.
0: They're fucked up when they come out, man. I'll tell you that.
1: Hideous, hideous stuff.
0: It's all scrunched up. They look like little old men. That's all right, they all do so, look like old men. So you didn't have
2: the effect where, like, you're like, "Oh no, I know babies are stupid looking, but not ours. Ours came <laughs> out looking like a cinnamon roll.
0: Yeah, no. They they look they look just like a cinnamon roll. You've you've crunched it down, <laughs> oh, crunched fun. it down, and then baked it for too long. They look <laughs>
1: like that cinnamon that uh, Pete Buttigieg is eating in the picture where he's not eating chicken wings. He is eating <laughs> a cinnabon, he's
0: nibbling on it, <laughs> dirty Pete. Uh, and of course, standing between Grimes and Elon Musk, holding uh, the big snips to cut through the umbilical cord, is Theo. Oh God,
2: oh. I'm I'm so close to passing out. <laughs> <laughs> Just the, the question that, like, oh, do you want to? Would you like to cut the cord? Like, fuck no, God, no, no. no I, do don't I, s- do I don't want to see
0: the cord. I don't want to know about I, the cord. I, I wanted to cut them.
2: No, build a scaffold around the cord. Um, I, get I you guys to cut in both there. Of them,
0: and fuck. I didn't get to. And I was pissed. Leave oh. it attached. Number one, I wanted to ask if they would let me try and bite through it. <laughs> um, but then when oh, you're there I'm in nervous. the moment When you're there in the moment There's only so many jokes you want to throw in there you yeah. know? And I did kind of want to do it But, um, but like due to circumstances Birth type circumstances um, One being that uh, Our first child There was like something going on The the cord was, was doing weird stuff Or like you know Wrapped around her neck for a minute or something While she was coming out Uh, And when she came out, they were like, this baby isn't breathing. And I went, oh. Um, So they immediately like uh, snipped the cord themselves and ran over to a little table with her and started doing stuff. And I was like, oh, because they weren't telling me anything that was going on.
1: That sounds bad.
0: It was pretty scary. It was, it was pretty bad. And, um, and then they did some stuff. And then they were like, oh, there we go. Just breathing and crying. Fixed and your baby. And then and they were also like, hey, wife of the show, your wife, they said, <laughs> <laughs> has, um, has lost tons of blood. We need to be over here now. And they just shoved uh, the baby into my arms and then turned around and started doing stuff for my wife. And I was like, Wow. This isn't, it's just a whole thing, you know?
1: You're like, damn, get this filthy baby away from me, right? Get
0: this dirty baby, this mm. little old man away. Um, so it was all very concerning. But most importantly, the thing that mattered the most is that I didn't get to cut the cord. When the, but I did get to trim it because they just kind of blasted it off in the middle. And then they got all this stuff hanging off. <laughs> uh, and they were like, so you can, we'll clip it and you can trim the end. <laughs> Let me... That's... Uh, sorry. Let me tell you this, folks. Let (laughs) me tell you this. You ever, like, um. You ever do that thing where you're, like, uh, spatchcocking a bird or, like, uh, cutting up a chicken into, like, eight pieces or whatever? And you have to, like, cut through some joints?
1: Mm. It's like that.
0: It's so hard. It's I mean, it's flesh. It makes sense. It's just straight up nasty, Andrew. That's pretty nasty. It's not like, um,. I don't know because because it, it's just this little sort of tube looking thing, but it's like cutting through a rubber glove full of knuckles. It's oh. <laughs> like you got to work at it with these big scissors. It is crazy. These big tin snip motherfuckers. All right, you got so, that out of your system. Yeah,
1: feeling good. On that. Feeling good. And about then the that
0: second one? baby was born in a car, so a nurse just came yeah. over and cut that one off. Much easier. Like, than Come
1: on, much more chilled experience.
0: It was actually a lot faster. Mm. Well, faster if you got, don't even make it out of a car. Um, so that's what Theo's doing now. He's cutting through this thing. And, um, and Theo leans in. And he says to, for some reason, his friend, Elon Musk. Elon, what are you naming the baby? And now at this point, Theo can reveal to the world, and by the world I mean me and Lucy, hmm. the name of the Musk-Gram's baby because we haven't heard it yet. All right.
2: So, think of if you can the most Musk Grimes baby name you can possibly think of. If you're Techno. thinking of a name, maybe Techno.
1: <laughs> Techno, Techno Musk. <laughs> Techno, Techno- <laughs> Musk.
0: Yeah, because he would like it because it's kind of like he would think that it was sort of uh, techie, but he's also a fucking nerd, so mm-hmm. he doesn't actually know what's cool. And he really Grimes doesn't. would would maybe name her. You ever see that clip of him dancing?
2: No.
1: <sighs> Alright, lay it lay it on us. <laughs> uh, so uh,
2: this is from Sky News, reputable news source, Sky News. Elon mm-hmm. Musk and Grimes. Welcome, baby. X A E A-12. A <laughs> E is that is that Caesar AE? Uh, I just gotta hit you hit you with that one, one more time. So that's X with a space. A E, the space A twelve. No, you're lying. No, you're no. Not telling
1: the truth. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. This is extremely cursed knowledge for Lucy.
0: You can't call a baby that. How do you, how you, how do you straight say up this baby's name? You can't. Well, in some places, I remember a news story. It might have been from New Zealand. About this couple that had named their baby yeah. like just a, a, Adolf just a...
2: Hitler or something or
0: no there was it was a different one where it was it was just like a string of letters um it wasn't anything it was like you know someone mashed a keyboard um and and the local government went all right you're getting done for child abuse because you can't name a you baby you can't
1: then. do that but I guess you yeah. can if you're Elon Musk and Grimes we well, you you can, can if, if you're in America man, yeah mm, true.
0: Where they have freedom,
1: X- to name their kids freedom also. to call That's their shit. baby like Tyler, X- McKaylee, X- J a- twelve.
2: Remember when Azalea X- Banks said X- Grime X- smells a- like a roll of nickels? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's so descriptive because you know that she does. Like you know that she does.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I. I just want to point out here um, That this baby is the first baby for Grimes Whose real name is Claire Boucher While Elon Musk, 48 Has five sons from a previous marriage
1: Oh my god
0: cool. And they've got to be like half her age too mm. At this point well, she, Yeah, she's 32 And he's 48 That's not, not old at all 32? Mm. Mm. Basically your
2: life is just beginning
0: at 32 <sighs> Well, that's, let's be honest, it's frankly distressing news about this absolute scam of a marriage.
1: Mm. Thank you for that.
0: Oh, yes, thank you. Thank you, Theo, for laying <laughs> that on us. rolled in was... like
2: several minutes before we
0: started recording.
2: <laughs> my oh, God, this is extremely upsetting to know. Very upsetting. I can't wait to upset my friends.
0: Now, seeing as it is, the um, scam marriage of the century, it seems only reasonable that we would uh, use this chance. Bless you, Theo. It seems only reasonable that we would use this chance to give an update in the segment Scam Watch. Oh, yeah. You know that here on the show, we love a scam. Love a scam. We
1: love a scam.
0: Oh. And we did talk uh, several weeks ago about celebrity chef and sun staring dipshit Pete Evans. Um just just a real I don't know. Let's a uh, could you describe Pete Evans for us, Lucy?
1: He's just a professional scammer. Like he <laughs> yeah. his life is the scam. He is the real he's a, the better call soul of the keto mm. sk- keto world? Paleo. Paleo? Paleo yeah. world. Mm-hmm.
0: So we talked about um, we talked about his uh, book of of baby recipes, which was which was officially declared as deadly to all babies. It's extremely <laughs> deadly. Um, That's I think just also, the worst <laughs> review you can get for your baby book, isn't it?
2: I think also he might have been the first scam that we ever covered on the show.
1: Really? Possibly. He's been scamming a long time.
2: This is like hmm. way back in Bunta Vista year dot, I think. Got to respect well, what the What were grind. we covering about him at the oh, time? I can't, I can't he... remember.
0: So, uh, well, what What's we were good? talking about with him several weeks ago was, of course, his promotion of the Biocharger NG device. Mm-hmm. Now, this uh, I remember. Which, you know, you, you sit in a room and it flashes some lights and you get your molecules jacked up to the nines. You know? That's right. That's right. Love to have my, um, I love to have my molecules zhuzhed.
1: I like them jacked. <laughs> I don't like a calm molecule.
0: Yeah, I love to turn on the machine and give all of my molecules a French tuck. I <laughs> love, love to get a vibe check while also sterilizing myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the Australian Therapeutic Goods Administration has issued two infringement notices to Peter Evans, chef, Ltd, the company. <laughs> This is from an official statement from the TGA. totaling $25,200 for alleged breaches of the Therapeutic Goods Act 1989.
2: Which is, I should say, one and like a half the price of the device itself. So they have to sell like one and a half of these to pay the fine off.
0: Just cover the fine. Uh, Mr. Evans is the sole director slash secretary of the company. The TGA received a number of complaints. I believe one was filed live while we were recording the episode.
2: (laughs) No, I filed to the ACCC who very kindly pointed. uh, They said uh, they cover most of this stuff, but for this stuff, uh, you go straight to the TGA who have already fined them. Um, Thank you to the lovely person from the ACCC for that personalized email.
0: There you go. TGA received a number of complaints about the promotion of a, quote, scare quotes, biocharger device that occurred during a Facebook live stream on 9th of April 2020. Mr. Evans allegedly live streamed on his Facebook page, which has more than 1.4 million followers, with claims that the device could be used in relation to Wuhan coronavirus, a claim which has no apparent foundation and which the TGA takes extremely seriously. Any claim that references COVID-19 is a restricted representation under therapeutic goods legislation and is of significant concern to the TGA given the heightened public health concern about the pandemic. The TGA recently published a warning to advertisers and consumers about illegal advertising relating to COVID-19. Uh, they have issued the company with an infringement notice in respect of the representation made in the live stream slash video. A second infringement notice was issued for alleged advertising breaches on the website www.petevens.com which is maintained by the company the page for the biocharger included claims such as quote proven to restore strength stamina coordination and mental clarity sharpening your mental clarity recovering from an injury comma stress accelerating muscle recovery and reducing stiffness in joints As the biocharger device has been represented by the company as being for therapeutic uses, it is a therapeutic good within the meaning of the act and is subject to the regulatory framework established under the act and administered by the TGA. Ladies and gentlemen,
2: we got him. Got (laughs) him.
0: The only upsetting thing, of course, is that this will have absolutely no impact on Pete Evans in any material form. More more money than we can
2: even imagine having and a brain that doesn't work that's what it's all about.
0: That's called hustling.
2: Big old dumb brain full of scams. And Uh, saving like 5% of his brain to call the coronavirus the Wuhan coronavirus. (laughs) In a little creative flair.
0: Now, I did also notice on news.com.au a little follow-up to this. Um, After being fined $25,000 for spruking a light device he claimed could fight coronavirus... Celebrity chef Pete Evans has been copping it again. Now, the language in here, I love, like, I I don't love news.com.au. It's a piece of shit. I don't love Australian tabloids. But there is a certain charm to the very clearly Australian language used in news stories. Um, You know, like when they say on the news that somebody got king hit to describe Mm -hmm. a terrible assault.
1: Just really copped it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: We're hearing reports tonight that an innocent man in a nightclub has copped its sweet. Um, <laughs> so the 47-year-old took to Facebook yesterday to host a Q&A with followers only to be faced with a fresh blow when he was told he'd, quote, lost the plot. <laughs> in a live session that has since been deleted from his page, Evans awkwardly reads out the comment from someone called Deb who had tuned in. You've lost the plot, mate. Such a shame. It reads.
1: What is? What
0: was Deb on board for, and what was the point <laughs> we lost to yeah, Deb?
1: What, where did you lose her?
0: At <laughs> what point was Pete just with it? At what point was Pete Evans just fucking? All no, no, over I was. It?
2: Yeah, look. Pete loved your work with that book that killed all the babies. Loved uh, it. Loved it. Uh, my baby never looked whiter uh, before leaving this mortal coil. However, uh, when you claimed to, to cure coronavirus, that was a bridge too far.
0: Oh, that's okay, Deb, he laughs. Is it because I'm sharing recipes or because I've shaved my head and grown a beard? You got him. You got him, Pete. Got, they they described that as clapping back at yep. the follower. Mm.
2: Destroyed another leftist. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thanks, Pete. Oh. Just, just another, um, and a, just, just a pro, pro scam artist, and we kind of got to respect it. You
1: know, got to respect it. It's incredibly dangerous, and many people <laughs> will take what he says seriously. But you got to respect the grind.
2: I sincerely hope a squash ball goes extremely hard up of up his urethra. is just lodged in the head <laughs> oh my of his goodness. penis. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow, it's a dangerous sport. It sure oh. is.
0: Yeah, um, I uh, I just can't help but imagine the person who saw the biocharger thing and was like, "I need to take out a small loan. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go down to the bank and take out a small loan for personal health reasons."
1: Right, because no one just has this money on hand. You've got to you've got to really want that biocharger.
0: Fifteen thousand dollars US. It's
2: a lot of Wild money. shit. <laughs> it's a lot of money. Do you reckon that includes shipping and handling? Because that you'd motherfucker's really so. going on a truck.
0: I'm going to look that be, up. Nothing would be... It would have to be so heavy from looking mm. at it. Because looking at something that big, if you picked it up and it just felt empty, you'd be like, no way is this working. That's so true. I feel like they've like, just
1: like, packed some bricks in there to make it feel like there's some real machinery inside of it.
0: Yeah, there's just like a, a five kilo uh, weight plate on there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Oh um, shit,
1: I didn't I didn't
2: see this. They charge a thousand dollars per year for software updates.
0: What? Oh and four hundred
2: and ninety-five dollars per year for personalized recipe consultation. There's more layers to this scam that I hadn't um, even seen yet. And I was just looking for shipping.
0: Thousand dollars, I assume US a year.
2: Yes. One thousand one hundred and ninety-five American clams per year. Um, for your biocharge to inc- to continue to gain value and increase in capability, it's just charging the...
1: the get one person to buy this, and it's it was all worth it.
2: <laughs> god,
0: yeah, that's a uh, that's a lot of money to I guess pump out some more recipes that slightly change the light pattern that the thing mm-hmm. lasts. <laughs> outing, you know? Oh my
2: god! Oh my god! Guess guess how much <laughs> it costs to ship.
1: What? How much?
0: Seven hundred dollars. More. Oh Oh my my god! God. (laughs) The cheapest. The cheapest ship. The
1: cheapest
2: is thirteen hundred and ninety. What? Fuck. (laughs) Dollars. How?
0: Thirteen hundred dollars to ship my fifteen thousand dollar (laughs) light device.
1: Oh my god!
0: Wow. They are raking it in everywhere.
1: I'm impressed.
0: They
2: get you coming and going. (laughs) You think it'd only get you coming, but
0: They get you going too. They got you going. Wow, incredible. So we do we do love and respect a scam. Mm -hmm. And on that note, I kind of wanted to talk about uh, a friend of the show who we have spoken about in the past. A columnist for the Sydney Morning Herald and we have discussed some of her pieces on the show uh, her name is elizabeth Tharrelly. and we talked about a an absolutely perplexing opinion piece that she wrote called uh what was it when <laughs> when moving <laughs> oh, no. is this
1: house's haunt lady
0: this is this is the, the
2: house is always house, haunt. house is always haunt as moving proves
1: that's it sorry beautiful sorry. sentence me,
0: please please let me give you the full please the full headline i have no experience of ghosts but a house is always haunt as moving proves
1: it's going to be my last dying brain <laughs> neuron firing <laughs> repeating that sentence over and over again
0: house <laughs> is always haunt
1: as moving proves
0: so so basically we've we've read some of the bits on the show before you can dig back into the bonus episode archives for the uh, the episode a uh, big mouth, Lizzie ass. <laughs> 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 to to listen to us, are uh, so good at titling episodes. Trying to talk about this one, um, because you know, any anything of hers that I read, all I can ever do is just like let it wash over me in waves as I try to comprehend anything that I am reading. Um, absolutely mind bending stuff. And one of those great things where you're like, cool, here's, here's, a, here's like a, a rich Sydney arts scene lady who just gets to write stuff in a paper for some reason. Mm-hmm. So um, so we, we have a Patreon. We're not trying to point any fingers. You know, we have a Patreon. That's how uh, people can support the show. You know, we do two episodes a week. There's the bonus episodes. We do other stuff too. And for $5 a week, you can go to patreon.com slash Vista. Get yourself some extra episodes. Yes, we're putting them all out free at the moment because we're good people. And everybody needs some content during the lockdown. Other people use Patreon for other things. In the case hmm. of Elizabeth Farrelly, she has used it to set up a, a Patreon called Broken Creek Farm Diary of a Plague Year 2020. And it says she's creating a citizen's experiment in regenerative farming during pandemic. Now, you might be asking, what does this entail? So I'm going to hit you with the about section here. Brogan Creek, an experiment in regenerative farming during a year of pandemic lockdown. Our motto, the industrial revolution is over, the ecological revolution is well overdue. Bring it. Our mission. With over 7 billion people on the planet, many argue that industrialized and GM food production is essential, but highly processed food is linked to obesity, diabetes, and cancer, while ergonomics destroys soil, depletes water, and and drives climate change. Perhaps there's another way. Perhaps industrial, scare quotes, food science is not the answer. Perhaps we can reconceive food production as a collaboration with nature rather than an exercise in dominance. Planet care is no longer some weird hippie thing. It's an exercise in badass survival. Mm. To survive as a species, we need to enlist nature's strength in increasing yield while also enhancing planetary and human health. Broken Creek is an adventure in intuition, a city girl's baseless hunch that the future lies in the hands of small people without money. And that growing clean Without food... money! <laughs> Sorry. We'll, we'll get into that. Sorry. <laughs> and that growing clean food in a soil-replenishing way is an experiment worth trying. We'll be building stuff and growing stuff, succeeding here, failing there. Naturally, fate takes hold. This experiment was just getting off the ground when pandemic hit. Which is very... <laughs> as As... As moving proves. Mm. Houses always haunt when pandemic hit.
1: When pandemic hit.
0: So the first year of living dangerously on the land has become my diary of a plague year 2020. Now, <laughs> the the very first post that is available here, uh, a publicly available post, is in which she describes that she had been considering doing this for some time. Um, and has bought a hobby farm, basically. She also has a post in which she goes on about how it's unfair that the Australian tax office is classifying this as a hobby farm, d- <laughs> despite her feeling quite serious about it. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, oh, she's like, hey, we want Take me out- seriously. Take me seriously. Now, in order to take someone seriously, you have to know what they're offering. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So, there are membership levels available. As I said, um, our own podcast has basically one functional level of membership on Patreon, which is $5 a month. Uh, you can optionally pay more just for the fun of it, just because you like us. It's fun for do.
1: you. It's fun for yeah. us. <laughs> it's fun for everybody.
0: And we do love our friends, uh, lovers, and wives of the show.
1: Mm. Not equally, but we do love them. Not equally, but that said,
0: you don't have to do it, you know. However, there are very specific reasons that you might want to select different membership levels on Elizabeth's Patreon. Let me tell you about what they are. Uh, first, cab off the rank, we have an official patron for $3 a month, which includes her weekly Sydney Morning Herald column, which I believe she is already being paid to write. Patron-only access to conversations and controversies arising.
2: Um...
1: Sorry, what? Is she
2: she's just posting, like, group
0: messages?
1: Access to uh, conversations.
0: That's, that's not entirely clear to me. Um, it could just mean posts. It could mean I'm recording myself talking to a friend. It could mean the classic um, creative grifters Patreon thing of... I'm just going to say that there's some stuff you will get and then I will never post anything. Mm-hmm. I'll post something every like. three months about how I'm sorry I haven't been posting enough. Uh, and also, early access to Broken Creek Farm weekly blog and project updates. <clears throat> so that sounds pretty good for three bucks a month, right? Uh,
2: one article from the paper? I mean, if she wasn't some rich asshole from the city um, and wasn't like couching this whole thing and it being some big experimental process where she's apparently just reinventing all of the known concepts of
0: permaculture. Um, (laughs) That's what rules about it. She's just like, we're going to see if it's possible to grow your own food. (laughs) (laughs) Never
2: been tried before. What happened was we all got machines. That was the first thing to happen. Uh, And then we had Facebook. Mm. Uh, and now we're doing a little experiment to see if we can um, live off the land.
1: I love rich people's brains. They're just operating so on a whole other plane that I will never ever reach.
2: Never. <laughs> they're just. They're firing on just all like cylinders. I, I wonder
1: what nature does. <laughs> 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 Jesus Christ.
2: <laughs> Pay me to find
1: out. <laughs> like fuck
2: off. Like if you, if, if your whole thing. <laughs> If your whole thing was just like hey um i'm gonna pack up and move to the move to a, a, a hobby farm uh, and we're gonna see if we can grow some food to live off that and post some photos of our dog uh, and you can get those photos of our dog for three dollars a week
1: that would be fine that would be great
2: who cares we know lots of people that are doing um permaculture all the way up to you know local farming and all that sort of stuff it's great. It's good stuff. You don't have to pretend like you're reinventing the wheel doing it. it. Especially if you're an extremely wealthy ex-architect, now author for the Sydney Morning Herald, probably earning more than $200,000 a year. You don't need it. This is one step down from Amanda Palmer. Go on, Andrew.
0: Well, and, and it's also like um, all of the articles that she writes are about like, you know... The the inconveniences suffered by how development has happened in Sydney and like and, mm-hmm. and how it was sort of a pain to sell another house, <laughs> just that kind of stuff, you know. <clears throat> so that's that's three dollars a month, and you're already thinking to yourself, bargain, absolute bargain. Steal. City. What more could I want? Maybe you could step it up to eleven dollars per month to become an all access patron. Now. The fact that the sixth tier, the, sorry, the the second tier out of six, it's is all, all access. Mm-hmm. there's a little something wrong there. do not leave a lot of escalation points. No, no. Um, but eleven dollars a month will get you. Uh, oh, exclusive... I've just seen a
1: sentence that has made me angry.
0: <laughs> exclusive Broken Creek videos, uh, patron only voting power and requests bi-monthly Q&A with lively minds of intelligence and intrigue on cities, farming, or other sexy stuff.
1: There it is.
0: Pass. (laughs) Pass. Oh. Oh, Elizabeth, could you take a break from the cool stuff you're doing with your farm to talk to me about sexy things like cities? Sexy stuff. Personal invitations to events, talks, and book launches... And again, just another thing. Just planning for a
1: book launch about this. Love it.
0: Yeah, I love love, uh, asking people to fund all of my pursuits as I say, oh yeah, I could invite you to some of my events and book launches. There's nothing that says I really need the money like that. Um, And you get everything in the previous tier. Okay, you're thinking that's pretty good. But what if I went all the way up to $25 a month to become a super patron Mm. that will get you occasional working weekends on the farm (laughs) come and help plant trees dig holes build fences are you fucking kidding me (laughs) paying paying a fucking stranger 25 us dollars a month so that you maybe you at some point can give them free labor <laughs> can travel to their property and fucking dig holes for them.
1: <sighs> I'll tell you,
0: I'm I'm in the middle of building a fence right now in my backyard, and I fucking wish I had the money to pay someone else to build it for me.
2: Yeah, it straight up sucks to do things, as well, like, I'm
0: sure she's going to find out. This this specifically. No, well, don't get me wrong. I like doing things. I would fucking love it if like. I had nothing to do but those things. You know what I mean? Oh, like I hate it, doing things. No, if if I every had, time I think
2: of doing things it fills me with anger.
0: If I had nothing to do with my time but like landscape my yard and do you know, build fences and all that kind of shit, it'd be nice. And also if I had the fucking money to do it. But as it is, you know. I gotta I gotta do this thing. We have this fence collapsing on our property line, building a new one. And like, I've bought all the materials for it because I got some quotes done. And I said, "Hey, for a single fence going from this corner to this corner, how much money is that going to be?" Because everybody that we spoke to about it was like, "Oh yeah, you get um, you get a whole, you get that whole fence built for like fifteen hundred bucks."
2: Oh, no, 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 that is is a $15,000 fence, my friend. Yeah,
0: and and every every quote that I got back from people was like, yeah, that'll be $5,000. And I was like, well, looks like I'm building a fence. Um, So the only option available to us is borrow money in order to be able to buy the materials to then construct the fence ourselves over the course of however many weekends uh, in between doing my full-time job.
2: But see, Andrew, this is why we're not rich. We're not thinking like rich people. Thinking rich. So, look, that's one option. And I hear that's
0: Right into mailbag at (laughs) buntavista.com if you would pay me significant sums of money to come to my house and build my fence for me. Because maybe I'm in the wrong gig here. We're
2: just suckers over here. We're paying other people
0: to do our shit.
2: (sighs) They should be paying us Mm -hmm.
0: for the privilege. once you're done working on Lizzie's farm for the weekend, once you're done digging some holes and putting up fences and stuff like that, which is totally very fun and not fucking backbreaking labor, uh, you're going to miss it, you know? Once you've gone home, you're going to miss it. And that's why you should step it up to $35 a month. Become an ultra patron. And then you get a six-monthly Skype conversation with Elizabeth herself.
1: Six-monthly? Ugh. Thank you, Queen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, this is so
1: unhinged. I, I, this one's really, it's really doing a number on me. It's
2: probably one of the most narcissistic things we've done on the show
0: so far. Mm-hmm. It's, um, so just, just for clarification there, that is paying 652 Australian dollars a year to be able to talk to Elizabeth Farrelly twice on Skype.
2: But I assume go out to her place as often as you want to dig ditches. <laughs> mm. Well,
0: it's says occasional working weekend. So I'm sure she doesn't want people bothering her all the time, sucking all the good information out of her brain uh, week in, week out, you know?
1: She's got to keep something for the uh, intellectual and sexy conversations. I think like, I, I'm
0: going to keep referring to our own Patreon here, right? Because I think when when we first put it up, we were like, wouldn't it be insane if somebody paid $5 to listen to to a thing we'd done and, and we were like ridiculous no no one's, gonna no one's that going to care no one's going
1: no one will simply do this
0: and and you know we've we've kept the thing pretty much the same the whole time which is for 4 or $5 a month you get all the new episodes you get the entire back catalog and you get the the, the discord and whatever else um and, and I think, you know, we all, we all kind of feel however we feel about that. But at the very least, we can say that if somebody is paying for that subscription, I think that they are trading a reasonable amount of money for the labor that we are like consistently doing. And in for order
1: receiving to make the show. a tangible benefit.
0: It, it takes at the very least two hours a week of time to produce two hours of material. That's outside of the other stuff, the editing mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing. And so to say, you know, will you give somebody five, five US dollars a month uh, in, in exchange for four hours of content? That to me, that's fine. That's reasonable. What's not as reasonable? Let's see. Uh, VIP patron, $45 a month. Oh, it keeps going. Yeah. I thought we were done. No, right. we only we only just got into the second half of the tiers. <laughs> so so then we have VIP patron forty-five US dollars a month, which includes everything from the previous tiers. So you can you can be her employee who pays her to work there. Um you can get to talk to her twice a year on Skype. Uh forty five dollars a month will get you A 300-word article twice yearly on a topic of your choice.
1: The phrase 300-word article is (laughs) impressive.
0: (laughs) (laughs) 300 words is more like a couple of paragraphs. It
1: sure is. It's three paragraphs, essentially.
0: What would you ask her to write about for you? Mr. Bean slash Vic. Yes.
1: Yes. Three hundred words is absolutely not enough, but
0: yes. Oh, imagine trying to call it in and being like, "All right, I'm going to need three hundred words about Mr. Bean <coughs> piloting a Gundam <laughs> <laughs> and letting right. her try to deal with that." You pay know, pay for that one. Pay right, my money. I, I, I would. We're going to start funneling all the money from our Patreon into this <laughs> into <Patreon>. this one. <laughs> um, and hey, maybe you're thinking to yourself, forty five US dollars a month. Month in, month out, I feel like I could be doing more. I feel like I could step it up to the membership level of Ubermensch, 100 US dollars a month.
2: That's about 400 <clears throat> Australian dollars a month.
0: All previous benefits from other tiers, but really, if you just like what I do and want to help, this tier helps to keep you informed and me Fearlessly independent.
1: Oh my god, I hate you so much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I kind of feel like being in a position where you can um, sell your shit and move out to a hobby farm...
1: You might be fine without the money. You it know, I've like been on Twitter. Already
0: relatively independent. Yeah, I mean, exactly. fearless kind
2: of implies that there's an element of that danger. There's an element any, of risk here. Any point at any anywhere in the process, anywhere in your entire life, um, that you would, you know, suffer some kind of hardship that would make you not be able to do the things that you want to do.
1: Oh my but no. god.
0: This does kind of make me think of um, I'm, <clears throat> I'm not very across this, but uh, the. What do you call a uh, Amanda Palmer Neil Gaiman divorce?
1: We should have been so across funny. that. It's hilarious.
2: <laughs> it is the, the most Amanda Palmer thing to happen, at, at least this week.
0: So my, my um, very brief understanding of it is that um. Neil Gaiman realised that he was stuck in quarantine with his own wife and he said well that's enough of that um, he has said we are getting divorced and left uh, Amanda Palmer has then chosen to write a post and put it on her Patreon saying my husband has left me and a child I'm going to need everybody to like and subscribe <laughs> Like, she she legit put some shit in that post that was like, I'm going to need my online community to rally around me like never before. It's like, you need to log the fuck off.
1: You just got to log off.
0: Get off the fucking internet. If you're getting a kid.
1: divorce, you have to log off under all circumstances.
0: Jesus Christ. And so um, Neil Gaiman has then posted something on Twitter where he's like, oh, so I gather that Amanda has informed people. That we are separating. Um, I would like my privacy to be respected at this time. That, uh, that of me and my family. And Amanda Palmer has replied to him saying, Well said, Neil. Here's the post I made about it on Patreon and linked to the post. Oh, <laughs> she sucks so much. It's nothing like, like your, your, fucking, your partner saying, We would like privacy in this time. And then going, This is a perfect spot to link to my post about Incredible. too much of this.
2: Um, so just, oh. I, I, I want to just cap this off because it's thematically linked to the uh, rich vein of Patreon narcissism that we're experiencing at the moment. Um, a message that she posted several days ago, uh, goes a little something like this. Uh, every month, all Patreon creators lose a percentage of their patrons because credit cards decline for one reason or another. I usually lose a few hundred people. This month, especially, please make sure your account is up to date.
0: <gasps> Fuck you. Oh we God. need you.
2: Let's just <gasps> take a moment to think of how much money Amanda Palmer and Neil Gaiman would have together.
1: Oh my goodness!
0: Just so- someone who's had like a bunch of hit records, who has toured for years and all that sort of stuff, and also her. Her partner, who has sold millions and millions of copies of books but and she, graphic novels. She, but and she
2: relies she relies on, on the patreon to continue doing whatever that is. Oh,
0: she's such an absolute grifter. all of the shit, like the, the getting, getting people to come out and like perform unpaid in, in her own concert. you see those ones? That shit sucks. God damn! She's like, no, I am giving people the gift of getting to be part of the performance without getting paid <laughs> for some reason. Oh,
1: just incredible! It's, it it's is just, just, wonderful just a lot of narcissism out there, huh? She oh. has she
2: has fifteen thousand patrons. Wow! That, the lowest tier she has is one dollar, so that means that she is earning at least, at the minimum, fifteen thousand dollars. A month. I feel like you should There's probably an be able to live unimaginable amount of money. My goodness.
1: Still not as bad as this um, hobby farm scenario.
2: No, the hobby farm is worse.
0: The At least you get some sense.
2: music out of the Amanda
0: Palmer Patreon. Mm-hmm. I guess so. So, um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna quickly give us a palate cleanser before we move on. Oh, can
1: I make. give a quick palate cleanser that is just uh me finding out how many patrons Elizabeth Farrelly has?
0: Yes, go for it. It uh
1: is 14.
0: Well, oh, that's nice. It's like a family. Yeah. Hang hang in there, Elizabeth. It's at least
1: at least 14 of <laughs> <new> friends.
0: <laughs> um
2: I may say if you are kind of feeling some sort of um mental imbalance and you're finding yourself wanting to sign up to that um, instead, the River Cottage Collection DVDs are available, new and used, for $101 uh, online at the moment. So just do that instead. Mm-hmm. Just hang out with your, with your mate, Hugh Fernley Whittingstall. Much nicer. He's got some cute little lambs going on. Smokes a salmon in his chimney. Wow. It's a good
1: Very time. Pleasant. Sounds pleasant.
0: So, uh, allow me to give us an update on the whereabouts of longtime friend of the show and international cricket legend, Shane Warne. Warne, Warne, Warne. Where is Shane Warne? Warne, Warne. Where is Shane Warne? Where is Shane Warne? Where is my friend Shane Warne?
2: I feel like that might be the loudest it's ever been. Real kind of sitting in the cinema, THX, (laughs) making people's heads explode (laughs) stuff there. But you can really hear the production value. Oh, beautiful stuff.
0: Now, um, this is, of course, the one kind of Shane Warne story that is still available, which is when a sports outlet publishes a story about a thing that Shane Warne did ages ago, uh, back when he was playing cricket. So, while this story says that it was published on April 21st, 2020, uh, they're actually talking about a thing that happened in 2006. So, here's a story from Jacob Curiup, I'm going to say. No underwear and socks or no cigarettes for three days in the Australian wilderness. For most people, that would be an easy choice. And so it proved for Shane Warne in 2006. Where Warn and the general populace differ is that the king of spin elected to keep the darts and leave the dacks, according to former teammate Michael Clark. Already unhappy at being called back from a country stint in August for a three-day training camp in the Outback ahead of the Ashes in November, Warren was not having a bar of it when coach John Buchanan told him he would have to leave his cigarettes behind. Quote, it didn't start great when we were all in a room together and they said, drop down to your jocks and we'll tell you what you can take, Clark said on Big Sports Breakfast. What they were allowed to take, Clark recalled, was two t-shirts, a pair of pants, a pair of joggers, a cap, three pairs of socks, and three pairs of undies. For someone like Warnie, who loved to smoke, he pretty much told them he's not coming unless he can bring his smokes. It was World War V.
2: Now, is this existing in some world where we've already had world war four
0: world wars three and four and
2: three yeah i f- almost forgot we hadn't had world war three yet michael clark jumping way ahead here i don't know what michael clark picture's happening yeah i'm uh, afraid
0: it was a stance that paint well maybe he thinks of like the war on terror as a world war you know but then <laughs> where's where's four because that one's the first one's not even over you know, the War on Terror. One of, one of these sweet forever wars. I don't think we
2: sorted that out. Okay.
0: It was a stance that painted Buchanan into a corner. He was the coach, but Warren was the king. Quote, I would imagine John Buchanan would have been standing there thinking, oh my God, if we tell Warney not to come, this is going to end in a disaster. No matter what happened, Warney was going to play that test match. John Buchanan could not have dropped him, or the selectors wouldn't have, would have not picked him. So he had a lot of power at the time, referring to Shane Warne. Eventually, a compromise was made. Warne was told he could bring his cigarettes, but for each packet he took with him, he would have to leave another item behind. Quote, Warney flicked his three pairs of undies, flicked his three pairs of socks, and put six <laughs> packs of darts in, and off we went. Oh, Beautiful. what a legend. Just it was love a it.
2: Different time before we worked out what athleticism was.
0: Just '70s '70s athlete style. 2006 Shane Warne. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love uh, any any of those things. Like seeing a f- fucking baseball player or a football player, like in the dugout, just hitting a dart. So good. Whether or not Warne was happy with his choice became clear one night. Well, one night in as the Aussie squad made camp in nothing but their sleeping bags. In the middle of the bush, sleeping bag only, no cover, no shelter, on the ground, and it was pitch black, Clark said. All you could see was this orange light coming out of someone's sleeping bag, and it was Warnie just sucking his dart back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> what a beautiful image.
0: Oh, It's great. Just love the idea of, um, hey, hey, uh, world-class athlete, who's going on a on a training retreat and everything what would you rather bring clothes or your six packets of cigarettes
1: he's like dots dots
0: dots dots dots, dots, <laughs> dots, dots, dots. he's
1: Fucking right morning. to do it
0: absolutely you got to stand strong you got to have some conviction you know that's right got to have some beliefs uh so now that we have uh, gotten away from the grift And towards a feel-good story. like Mm, That was a feel-good story. Thank you. Means we can now uh, dip into the old mailbag. Finish out with some letters from our beautiful friends. Uh, Brian sent us a message on the aforementioned Patreon. He says, Thank you so much for the unlocked bonus episodes and for shedding light on the Australian toilet room situation of which I was unaware.
1: Mm.
0: Now, this, of course, refers to a recent episode... In which we realise that um, in Australia, for a lot of people, you have a a little room in your house has the dunny in it, nothing else. That's it's where just you go your to toilet room. Toilet room. That's where you go to quietly do your shitting in a very small room. And obscured. that's weird to these people. Yeah. Uh, and then you leave that room and you go into the bathroom that has all of the things that you don't want shit particles all over. Mm. Your sink, your shower your bath, so on and so forth. Uh, But apparently, this is different for Americans. Lucy has let us know that her uh, husband, husband of the show, Jesse, was very perplexed by this idea of a separate room for the toilet.
1: Just so taken aback. Like, just really confused at the entire concept of it.
0: Toilet room, he said.
2: Wait, Wait until he finds out that when we flush toilets... Um, Our toilets are designed so that all of the turds go down in one go. (laughs) (laughs) And it uses about like a quarter of a liter.
0: Yeah, um, my favorite thing about American toilets is sitting on them and my genitals immediately going into the toilet water.
1: I was thinking that as a man. I mean, that That water is just very high. I'm just confused about the whole toilet scenario here.
0: I don't know if the theory is that like you... You take a shit and it just slides calmly into the water and you don't get any splashback or something. But number one, I don't need it that close to me after it's been out of there. Imagine imagine having like awful diarrhea into a toilet that full.
1: I don't have to imagine, Andrew. <laughs> 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 I live here. <laughs> oh,
0: it seems like a bad situation.
1: It's a terrible situation and then the Toilet's it, too full. It just sucks it all out. Oh sucks it all down there. I hate I've this I've definitely
0: had, I've definitely <laughs> had the situation with the American toilet of like you flush it, and it very slowly starts emptying out, mm. and you go, oh, there's something wrong. I better bang on that flush button again, mm-hmm. and it turns out that is not the thing to do with an American toilet. Certainly not. Mm. Um, I did that like a uh, Thailand. In like hotel rooms and stuff like that has has the American style way too full toilet and um I did that in a in a hotel room in Bangkok. I pooped in the toilet and I flushed the toilet and it very, very lazily was emptying itself down. And I was like, "Let me just tap that bad boy again um and then it started <laughs> filling up and it kept filling up, and then all the water started coming out of the toilet onto the bathroom floor, along with my turds. <laughs> and uh, the person that I was traveling with just heard a lot of shrieking and they came in to find me, like, standing on the edge of the bathtub, braced against <laughs> the ceiling, <laughs> as, as my turds were just making their way across this tiled floor.
1: Oh, what, a, what, what an image that is. So I don't, know, I don't just...
2: even own a, a plunger. What's like the I think system a truly, situation? I don't know. You really got to get this locked down. I know they got a lot of problems, but I feel like you could.
1: This is a big hey, one.
2: Yeah, but it's an e- it's easy wins for them, mm. right? Like if you're looking for some low hanging fruit, you can just we can license you the designs, um, the water. It doesn't matter. It works if the water rotates either way. It's fine.
1: It does, it all works fine. Just doesn't have a matter. door that just like, like. Makes you not visible to the person outside the bathroom. You guys, yeah. they've they're got so many here.
2: easy wins here. I know they're oh. feeling a bit, a bit down in the dumps about you know not getting some some things right vis a vis perpetual wars and uh, mm-hmm. you know the whole the coronavirus healthcare. thing. Healthcare. If you don't love yourself, guns you in can't schools can't and so love on. Love everyone but else. You can just get. A, it's just an easy win. We can. We'll, we'll send some people over. Your people mm. get in touch with our people and we'll, we'll sort, sort this toilet situation. It's really not that hard.
0: I was, I was talking to my wife about this. And just just go down to
2: Bunnings, <laughs> sort it out.
0: I realized that this is why there are so many jokes in like American things like st- stand up and, and um, sitcoms and stuff about like, oh, have, have you ever like taken a shit in front of your partner? And like, when was the first time you took a shit in the same room as this uh, other person? Because that would this... be
1: pretty fucking weird for us to do.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, there's, like there's, <laughs> there's so many, so many jokes about that, and it's like the only time that would normally happen is if, like, in Australia, is if you were like in a hotel room, maybe, where everything's just in the one room. There's still you know? some,
1: there's some places in Australia. I've definitely lived in houses that have the one bathroom with the toilet in it. I don't care for it, but it exists.
0: I believe you're describing Ben's house.
1: I suppose I am. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Now that no, I think No, I've definitely it. lived in those places as well. And as, as share houses, they're the
0: worst. They're the worst. Well, because there's also the whole situation of like, it's bad enough um, if you have taken a shit and the shit happens to smell very bad. It's mm-hmm. bad enough, like in a, in a room that is dedicated to the toilet. But when it's like a shared space, that's no good. That's no good at all. Um, just quickly, we have another letter here. Um a friend of the show, Claire, writes, Hi, everyone. I would like to say that toilet rooms do exist in the US, just in different configurations. Usually what I've seen is the sink section being separated by a door from the toilet and bath. That seems even that, worse That's, the, to that's me.
2: the only part you don't have to fence off. All the seems other parts you're describing are the, are the bits where you, you get your bits out and people can see them. The sink is safe. It's a safe zone. You can put the sink in any room.
0: If it's a larger bathroom, all right. Try and try and picture this in your. Let's uh, let's all go to our mind palaces here. Mm. If it's a larger bathroom, it will usually be the shower, sink, and bath, with a smaller room dedicated to the toilet. My old house had a sort of weird shower adjacent to toilet room configuration, which involved three doors and intricate locking mechanisms. What? That's just not right. It's That's not going like on. jail. You mm. don't
2: have to put the toilet behind several sets of doors.
0: It's like the um, it's like the the opening credits to Get Smart. You
2: know? <laughs> He's just going to the Da-da. toilet.
0: He, yeah, the very last one opens up and it's just a shitter sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> and then he and then he turns around and it closes and slams on his dick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh. Claire says. Uh, This being said, given that these were college students, the situation was likely some apartment where any toilet and rest of bathroom situation existed. Sorry if this doesn't make sense. I took Ambien, but needed you to know (laughs) that while rare, these dens of tranquility do exist.
2: I'm enjoying the thought of, like, taking Ambien and just slowly sliding into worse and worse toilet (laughs) (laughs) situations. Yeah, we've got (laughs) the room, and then we put another room inside of that room, and the toilet's sort of... Doing its own thing in there. Uh, no, it sounds crazy, but I've taken some drugs. <laughs>
0: Thank you for writing in. Thank you so much. On the show, Claire. Um, here's another one for you. Hello, Bonte Vista. I listen to a lot of Australian podcasts, and I've only just learned that apparently your country has a historic issue of bigotry against Greeks. Having lived my whole life in communities like Chicago, where there are a ton of Greek people, I find this unbelievable and hilarious. Is this real? If I visit Sydney, will I be mocked for my love of lamb and oregano? Is that why George Miller doesn't have a Greek name? In the States, there is, to my knowledge, only one major event of racism against the Greeks. When all the Greek people were driven out of Omaha in 1909, eventually they did let us back in any insight you can provide would be appreciated as i would like to visit your wonderful country one day thanks george greek last name withheld now we're going to do a little um we're going to do a little role play here theo theo you're going to be george and you're going to ask me um if australia has a historic issue of bigotry against um, an immigrant population.
2: Sure, and I can kind of see where this is going, but it's mm-hmm. fun to play along anyway. Um, <clears throat> uh, oh, hey, Andrew. Hey, hey. hey. so uh, George here. Um, just wondering, does Australia have a historic problem with bigotry yes. against? Yes.
0: Yes. See ya. Well. <laughs> <laughs> see you later, George. Uh, yeah, let me let me explain, George. Um, if if there is a populace, if there is a populace that has migrated here en masse at any point in Australia's history then there has been an issue um, they, they were the ones who got tarred and feathered for the next 20 to 30 years.
2: Yeah, we guarantee that for whatever community you're pointing at there is uh, a unique and native slur mm. for them.
1: But don't worry, we're past that one now, we've uh, moved on to whatever the most recent immigrant population is. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, so, so, like... And, and there, is, there is another very specific Australian aspect of this. I'm sure that people might write in and describe similar things to us if you do want to do that. Mailbag at Buntavista.com. But um, there is a very specific Australian thing, which is for populations to have moved here at some previous point, Italians, uh, Greeks, Vietnamese, Chinese old oh, kind of thing, where there has been a a big issue when like large populations have, have moved in and people have gone, hey, uh, you dirty, beep, 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 slurs, slurs, slurs. Um, for, let's say, a couple of decades until everybody just is kind of used to it now and um, we can get your food at the takeaway and mm. we like it. As soon as as soon as we can get your food from the takeaway restaurant and we like it, then you're in.
2: Yeah, I mean, it may seem like we're getting worked up. And, I mean, at the time, we probably are. But, but it just takes us a couple of decades to get it all out of our system. We kind of say all the slurs, and then we kind of move on to... Um, mostly move on.
0: Well, there's a, there, there is a third aspect to this, which is... Um, Everybody has to act like they've all been cool with it the whole time. Uh, and if if there are the slurs that Theo was referring to, um, ideally, if you you as the migrant populace, if you can refer to yourself as that slur and allow Australians to playfully refer to you as yeah, that slur as because well, because we were just
2: having a bit of fun. It was just you know. a bit of fun. We're just it was decades of fun. Mm. Just bants.
0: You've never. You've never had a 25-year-long joke at someone else's expense? What are you, a bit uptight? You know? Um, So, yeah, and then everybody can gather around and say, Hey, the Greeks, they're cool. You know, they came in here. um, They bought us their lamb, their oregano, uh, their delicious meats. And we all played soccer together, and it's fine. They're model... Model members of our community.
1: They assimilated. They That's assimilated. the word they love to use. Mm-hmm.
2: Some of my favourite troops are Greek. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so yeah, basically everybody, everybody likes to just ignore the part where the very expansive period of racism happened and then say, see, we're a beautiful multicultural melting mm. pot.
1: What a real distillation of the Australian spirit that is. Yep, it's
0: beautiful stuff. I
1: would love a souvlaki, though, I tell you what.
0: Oh, fucking souvlaki. Imagine being out. Imagine being out, and having a few too many beers, and getting a getting a <sighs> super lucky.
1: What a dream!
0: Goddamn, be beautiful. I need to make some bugata again.
1: Mm, delicious. I know God, who's made you a bugata.
0: Bugata. It's fun to say. It's great to eat. It's
1: much more fun to eat.
0: It's um, yeah. I I, I very much encourage you out there, folks. If you have never made or eaten Bugazza before, uh, look up a recipe, get yourself some phyllo pastry, some eggs, some sugar, make that bad boy because it's delicious. (coughs) Uh, Hey, here's another one. Uh, Howdy and g'day. Audrey here, medium-time listener, long-time friend. Uh, as Ben and Andrew know i am an essential worker here in the us and it sucks big ones uh so audrey a beautiful friend of the show audrey um who we know from the online uh has to work in a in a big store and is is just compelled to be there and interact with people all day long um she's one of these poor souls who has to like get up at 3am to be at work you know.
1: But hey, the caller call her a hero on TV.
0: It might be okay, like that, that lifestyle might be okay if you were like Kyle and Jackie O and you got paid a million dollars a year to mm. get up at like 3 a.m. and then uh, call a child sexual abuse survivor uh, a slur and make them do a lie detector test or whatever.
1: Remember that? Sure do. Oof. Thanks Pretty for nice. that reminder. Feeling good.
0: Ugh. But, yeah, the, my my point is, though, that they get paid a shitload of money to do that. Uh, Audrey doesn't. So, she says, something that would make me feel supported and encouraged is to hear all of y'all say methane gas closely into your mic. Maybe even an, oh, nah.
2: <laughs> no, <Nah, I'll>, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, Lucy, can we get a... Methane gas going as close to the mic as possible.
1: Why would I say this? For Audrey. Do it for the troops. You go first.
0: Okay, here we go. Uh, methane gas. <laughs> that's beautiful. Um, um, I- <coughs> uh, methane gas.
1: Methane gas.
0: <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm going to switch it up and I'm going to give you a yeah, nah.
1: Nah. So that's, yeah. That's
0: the double whammy. Uh, she says, thanks for making the bonus episodes free. It's been making working at 4 a.m. more bearable. Oh, good luck. <laughs>
1: that sounds like shit. I'm sorry. Okay. That sounds terrible.
0: Uh, Semperfi or whatever, Audrey. P.S. Lucy, I also suffer from IBS. <laughs> mm. And if you haven't tried IB Guard, it's a lifesaver and an ass saver.
1: Wow. Thank you so much. Solidarity. Yeah.
0: Solidarity forever, folks. <laughs> One last one here before we get out of here. Now, um, I seem to remember not too long ago we we covered a story that was I'm trying to get it right in my memory here. It was the story about the orgy parties being cancelled because of coronavirus. Mm-hmm. You guys remember that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure did. San Francisco orgy, was that the big San Francisco orgy? And I love my favorite thing of that story is still the person who was. <laughs> It was like, I'm cancelling the big orgy, even though I think the coronavirus is bullshit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so good. good.
0: Uh, so this um, friend of the show writes, Hi there, I binged to the podcast in the last couple of days, and you asked the question of how the swinging slash orgy community was handling COVID. The answer is, not well. <laughs> Websites dedicated to setting up meets between people have become just desperate cesspools of people demanding pictures and detailed stories of people and couples within the community. It's hilarious and kind of sad at the same time. At least the exhibitionists are having a good time as demand for their work is at an all-time high. If you are going to discuss uh, this on the podcast or on Twitter, I would appreciate if you didn't name me. (laughs) I wasn't going to, don't worry. Taboos are still taboos even in a health crisis. Absolutely love the podcast. You are all keeping me at least sane during these times of ridiculousness. Thank you for the laughs. Love from an at risk West Australian with nothing better to do.
1: Thank you for reminding us of how much worse it could be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, thank goodness for my normal finishes.
2: You know? Just imagining a big old graph and. On the y-axis, it's got fucking and sucking.
0: It's at an (laughs) all-time low. Oh, no. But showing dicks to strangers. Opening trench coats, that's at an all-time low. That's on the way up. Way up. The number keeps going up. Well, I think uh, that's going to wrap it up for us right there. If you, too, would like to write in, uh, let us know something. Have your question answered or whatever. You can send an email into mailbag at buntavista.com. If you're an Australian listener and you would like to leave a voicemail, maybe uh, ask us a question on there. Let us hear your wonderful pipes. You can call the Buda Vista hotline on 1-800-317-515. That is 1-800-317-515. And American listeners, if you would like to leave a message, uh, call in on 732-876-3446. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, as we have referred to during the show, um, currently all of our bonus episodes we're making available on the free feed. Uh, just trying to keep some of that content going for people, you know? And we
1: will be sending your Patreon money directly to uh, Elizabeth Farrelly's Hobby Absolutely. Farm. Yep. At
2: all the tier where you are contractually obliged to go and dig a fence post for her. Yes.
0: So, um, if you would like to sign up to support our show and um, indirectly support Elizabeth Farrelly's Hobby Farm, head on over to patreon.com slash Vista. That is it for us, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.